still waking with B Mo, baking with B Mo, waking with B Mo. I'm still waking with B Mo, baking with B Mo. That don't sound good as much as, as tipping on, still tipping on four phones. Maybe because <laughs> my voice is not chopped. Maybe because I'm not screwed up. Let me hear what we got. What'd you say, sweetheart? What'd you say? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe because I'm not chopped and screwed. It don't sound like I'm chopped and screwed. Good morning, good morning, good morning to the people. Welcome back to Hawaii Bay with B-Mo. Yeah. I think a lot of people are tuned in. Let's scroll up and see who we got in the building today. Who we got in the building. Of course, let's make sure we say good morning to the lady of the house. Let's make sure we're saying good morning to the lady of the house. Morning, Do y'all. not make me come through this Canon M50. Uh, we're saying good morning to the lady of the house. Good morning, good Sean. Morning. How you doing, brother? What's up, Janelle? Madam. Uh, Sean, what's going on? How we good doing? Morning. What's up, Jossie? What's popping? Zaria, hey, man. What's up? Mama Lane, how you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, uh, Sean says he needs the show to be sponsored. And now, I agree with you. Good morning, y'all. Listen, some big bends my way. Huh? What we say? I said, how y'all doing? <laughs> how we doing this morning? I think a lot of people are tuning in because this morning we will be having oh, no. the great bonnet debate. <laughs> If you've known your boy, you know my feelings on bonnets. Um, oh, it's just like we got some, we got a connection going on here. Uh, what's up, Candace? Good morning. Good morning. Um, if you know your boy, you know that I have a history of descent towards the bonnets. And as the conversations of bonnets have come into public, I knew this day would come. <laughs> I knew this day would come, and I knew I would be prepared. <laughs> I knew I would be prepared, so we are today going to enter the lady in the house and I. We are going to enter the great um, bonnet debate, and it shall be glorious, although I think we might surprise you a little bit with the outcome of our great bonnet debate. I'm only saying that because, we, I mean, have we debated about the bonnet before? No. <laughs> but we've talked about bonnets before. Yeah. 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 My patriarchy came out. Um, oh, um, I'm trying to think. What would be the best way to go into that conversation? Do we want to talk talk about that first? Or we want to bring up some Kwame Brown and some, and some D-Wade conversation first? Yeah. Yeah to what? <laughs> Kwame Brown and D-Wade. All right. Um, woo. So... Uh, Janelle says she got her bonnet on right now. Hey, look, <laughs> I before we even get the show started for real, for real. <laughs> she said I should go to the store just because. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> before we get the show started for real, for real, I want the people to know that Bimo Brown respect everything that come out that bonnet. Everything that come out that bonnet. But do you respect the bonnet? <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Kwame Brown and D-Way first. Okay. <laughs> As we're teasing the conversation. Uh, um, oh, my God. I saw. <sighs> <laughs> 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 
the the wake and bake with crew. It looks like the the lady wake and bake will be more nice. Even some of the gentlemen. I know my boy, my man, my man's Troy. He likes to rock himself a bonnet too. Okay. Um. Uh, but we definitely be having the bonnet conversation. Did you see Izzy too? I think. Huh? Izzy too. Izzy got the bonnet on too. Doesn't he wear bonnets? Oh, Izzy, not that Izzy. No, yeah, yeah, the other Izzy. Izzy. Uh, Deacon Izzy. Yeah, Deacon Izzy. My bad. I uh. Fuck it. Let's just get into the bonnet conversation. Fuck it. Fuck it. Let's give the people what they want. All right. So I don't know. And Trevor has a purple bonnet. Nice. Amen. I don't know specifically where the bonnet conversation came up, but I was on the Twitter, and actually the first tweet that I saw about it and I agreed on, I think Princess had retweeted. Um, um, Princess has retweeted. Let's see if I can find the tweet. Uh, one second, y'all. My bad. I was prepared for another part of a tweet I was going to read. But we just we just start with the. You. What's up? Are you going to start with the Kwame Brown? No. Okay. <laughs> um, no. I okay. So a young person named Mariah tweeted out the following, and this is what got my attention. Okay. While we on bonnets, I was arguing with someone like two weeks ago that the that black women aren't even allowed to have messy hair. Non-black women, men, can have that messy hair day, bedhead, and walk around casually. Black women are forced to have perfect, visibly done hair at all times. Uh, and so, in reading that statement, I didn't know that it was another conversation about bonnets going on, but I, I actually agreed with this statement before I even saw that there was a larger bonnet conversation that was happening. And uh, one of the statements that we talk about here on this show quite often is Black Mid Matters. And Black Mid Matters, although it's a statement of, you know, nouns and how they are qualified in terms of artistic quality, um, um, oh, yeah, while, uh, while Mid is like the Black Mid Matters usually referring to entertainment of some sort, the energy that comes from is the the fact that we don't have to be perfect to be respected. Right. We as black people, and I want to focus this conversation back on black women because I think this is the onus of the conversation is on black women. Uh, we as black people, black men, black society, should not expect perfection out of black women as currency for respect. Mm-hmm. Meaning, when we look at black women, they don't have to be perfect to be respected. They should be respected first, and then whatever opinions you have on them are your personal opinions, and you can really get the fuck on. Right? Uh, but so the, the debonic com conversation comes up, and I'll say, I'll say this to you, and I've said this to the lady of the house. Um, I personally am not a fan of the bonnet. Mostly because a bonnet... Let me, put, let me rephrase this. I'm not a fan of the bonnet in sexual situations. I don't want to... Uh, 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 I prefer not to have sex with someone who has a bonnet on, not because I think it's ugly or tacky or, or disrespectful or, or, or uh, 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 anything else of that nature. It's because you look my mother. My mother used to walk around with her bonnet on, and so every time I see a, a woman with a bonnet on from the back, you are 
instantly transform into my mother. Maybe that's something I got to get over. Oh, well, cool. But as far as like within a sexual situation, nah, not really trying to get down. Good morning. What's up, Be the Great? What's up, Cocahannas? What's up, uh, Tiara? What's up, Impress? Good morning. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as in sexual situations, I'm not, uh, not fucking with it. Not fucking with it. And because of that, I will say that in this house, and this is where my patriarchy is is leaking out, and I don't particularly care for it. In this house, no bonnets get worn. Lady of the house, would you like to speak to that? To me not wearing bonnets? Yeah. (laughs) Do you feel oppressed? Yes. Tell me why. (laughs) Because... You're basically saying, if I wear a bonnet, you view me as your mother. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is, what's, oh, okay, okay. And this is why I feel like it's the great bonnet debate. I need you. Oh, I would like for you, for the sake of the show, not for the sake of your personal respect, but for the sake of the show, I'd like you to give me a fuller argument on bonnets versus cars. <laughs> yeah, no, this is serious. Like, I like the bonnet is a form of protective wear. Yeah. It is not the only type of protective wear. But sometimes it's more effective with the given hairstyle, which is why it's used. Okay. What else? Would you like some? I mean, I don't know. Scars slip off some people's heads. The bonnets have like a little band, so they stay in place. Like, I, what? What? What do you want me to? <laughs> Am I talking about the mechanics of the bonnet and why people wear it? Like, no, I'm saying like I'm saying like. Uh, uh, in our in our household, like like I just said, like you said, you feel oppressed because when you wear your bonnet, I see you as my mother. Yeah. So then I'm asking, like, I'm what I'm asking for is I'm saying that there are other alternatives to the bonnet that don't make you look like my mother. And I wear a scarf. So, but then you just said that you felt oppressed because you couldn't wear a bonnet. Yeah, like I would. Not that I prefer bonnets. I actually, that's very rare. Like, I'll wear them maybe if I have rollers in or something like that. But, like, it would be nice to have the option. I mean, not that I don't have the option, but, you know, it's just, like, one of those things. Like, I don't want to be seen as (laughs) your mother. Yeah, I don't want you to look like my mother. Uh, we have some we have some kindness. Uh, Janelle says wearing a t-shirt is dangerous for my hair because that material will break it off. Let me live. We could argue head wraps as an alternative, but brands are just now adding silk to the lining. True. Uh, Candace says this is another one of those odd reasons people need to relearn how to mind their own business. Uh, and which Janelle says, "Hello, are you bleeding? Because I'm wearing a bonnet." No. Uh, just keep walking. Uh, Candace then says it's simply because it's her choice. Right? Okay. Fair. Yeah. And I feel like that's and correct me if I'm wrong, this is where uh if if you saw D. Wade's comments yesterday, I'm 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 echoing those comments that he made yesterday in which D. Wade said 
in his house. He ain't no leader in his house. If anything, Gabriel Union works harder than him. Uh, he's trying to be on the developing support team and not necessarily on the on the control team. He tried that shit at the beginning of the marriage. It didn't work. Um, um, so the the bonnet the great bonnet debate isn't necessarily about what happens in our household because that's I mean that's anecdotal. That's what happens between you and I. But I think the the debate that's happening in public right now is what is the level of appropriateness of wearing a bonnet in public? What is the level of appropriateness when wearing a bonnet in public? I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story, and then I definitely want to hear your comments, Lady of the House, and then we can uh, read a couple definitions. Uh, and then we can continue uh, uh, a debate from there. When I was working at After School All-Stars, old bitch-ass company, OBC, OBAC, excuse me, they got uh, extra certifications. When I was working at After School All-Stars, uh, there was a, After School, After School All-Stars is a nonprofit that uh, uh, provides after-school programming to middle school kids. Ooh, it took me a while to remember that. Um, while we were there, um, well, I was there as the program manager and interim executive director for a little while. While I was there, one of my goals in the nonprofit world was to create more nonprofits. After, after School All-Stars was a white institution based out of California that had different franchises and chapters across the country. So while we were receiving all these federal monies and federal attention for our after-school programming, my I took the job um, interpreting it as creating more opportunities for black-owned nonprofits to be able to do the work in their own community. Mm -hmm. uh, in doing so, I, uh, I was on an effort to incubate as many black nonprofits as possible. One of the nonprofits was, I think they might still be in operation. They invited me to the board. Uh, one of the nonprofits was like, I think it was Miming for Kids, oh. right? Uh, the same discipline that it takes to become a mom, you can use that same discipline to you know, change your mind and go to college and shit like that, right? So incubating these people, uh, basically what the incubation process means is that we're going to siphon off some of our funding from after-school all-stars and the, and the grants and the shit that we apply for and go get. We're going to siphon off some of our kids and some of our data. We're going to allow this other nonprofit to use that as they are initiating their nonprofitness, right? Mm -hmm. So a year has passed. Incubation has gone well. We've had three celebration ceremonies, sent kids on field trips, got uh, T-shirts done, et cetera, et cetera. This organization is looking great. So we've been in... Um, we have been in negotiations about the next year's contract for a couple of weeks now. So now it is signing day. Signing day includes coming to the office, uh, meet, sitting down with the national president, the, the national executive director, talking with some of the other people, examining our strategy and seeing how we can expand that strategy to other people. Like other people are very interested in the fact that we have incubated a, a black nonprofit within our nonprofit to be better than our original nonprofit. A lot of people are interested. So it's signing day. Let's just say it's a, it's a Wednesday morning. Um, uh, and it's not even morning. It's noon. 
the ladies tell me the day prior that they're being awarded for the work that they're doing in the community. I ain't get no invite, which is interesting, but that's another thing. Uh, they're being awarded for their uh, impact on the community uh, that night. Uh, and so they have a award show. So again, it's signing day, right? Uh, signing day, these two black women walk in in their pajama pants and bonnets. Both of them. Um, and to the, for the life of me, I really can't remember what happened in the meeting, but I know that they didn't sign another contract. As a result? Of yeah. That? Wow. Like, I know... What I, I don't remember exactly what happened during the signing process because the contracts never came out. What happened to me was I got pulled off to the side by my boss and the national president, and they both basically looked at me. Oh, and another black dude who worked there, who was like the national recruiting dude, another black dude who worked there. What's up, missing my puppies? And Chris, uh, I get pulled into an office by another black dude who works there, the national president and my boss, and they don't even say much to They just look at me and they go, what the fuck? I thought we had a nonprofit. I thought we had professionals. I thought we had all of these things in which in the meeting on the contract, it shows all the things that they've succeeded. But all that shit went out the window when them black women came in in their pajamas and their bonnets. I still, I still struggle with this story um, in the same way that I'm still struggling with bonnets in public there is to a very large degree an unfair standard of perfection placed on black women mm -hmm. i agree the original tweet that i read was that black women don't get to actually have bad messy wild hair days as an aesthetic yeah. it's not a thing we can go look up bed hair on google right now and i bet you it's mostly white people Mm -hmm. I would even argue that black men don't get to have messy hair days, but that's another conversation. That's a that's a hair product for white people. It's called bedhead. It's called bedhead. <laughs> um, but we want to focus on black women right now. Um, the, I struggle with that. Uh, I struggle with that because these women had done the work of like really changing their community for 365 days with the proof that they could do more. Um, and when they walked in, not only was I disappointed, but obviously the people who were controlling the checks, they were equally disappointed. And their professionalism was called out as a reason why we couldn't continue the uh, we couldn't continue the relationship. That and some other shit that I was trying to pull off on the underground, um, which which is interesting because one of the one of the fallouts from the conversation was having to go back to these black women and be like, hey. So we actually been negotiating and we let you do all this stuff, but we're actually not going to fund you next year because y'all came in with bonnets. I've been struggling with that is, was that fair? Was that right? It's one thing, and I understand that the bonnet conversation right now is more like, oh, I ran to the store with my bonnet on, cool. As Janelle said earlier, are you bleeding because I have on my fucking bonnet? Okay, mind your fucking business. I might not like it, but my opinion is just an opinion. But the other part, though, is professionalism. And uh, uh, what is it? 
uh, neatness, professional. What are these other words that white people use to make sure that we don't fit in the margins? Neatness, professional, orderly, maintenance. Well groomed, like we fucking dogs, um, um, and I recognize we have people saying this is like Candace said inappropriate. Come on, common sense. Dean's representing your business with professionalism and some real damn pants. Uh, Sean says Bonnet and PJs to sign contracts. I mean, come on, Princess. One of the white, one of the words people say is tamed. Like you got to orderly. They go, what's up, Yogi? Yogi's the man. Yogi's the man. What's up, man? Uh, it simply falls on conducting business with professionalism. It's a completely different situation. So then, right, right? So I think about professionalism, but then I follow this channel, which is uh, uh, it's called No White Saviors. I think it's, not I think, it's based out of Uganda. Nice. They're doing the work of tearing down this trope that, you know, whiteness at the center is right, professional, appropriate, et cetera, right? So I want to read some of these things to you. I, um... Uh, okay, so check this out. It says, it says, it says, it says. Um, Since professionalism is defined through the white lens, anything non-white is prejudged to be conflicting with the standards of professionalism. Uh, uh, a couple of articles here. The standards of professionalism, according to American grassroots organizers and scholars Timmy Ukun and Keith Jones. What a great pair of names. There's two organizers in the uh, American, there's two grassroots organizers who are questioning professionalism, and their names are Timma Okun, black woman, and Keith Jones, black man. If that's not the whole diaspora, that's like both sides. Anyway, anyway, I get, I get caught up. Are heavily defined by uh, white supremacy culture or systemic inst institutionalized centering of whiteness. In the workplace, white supremacy cultures explicitly and implicitly implicitly privileges whitenesses, whiteness and discriminates against non-Western and non-white professionalism standards related to dress, code, speech, work style, and timeliness. Hmm. We are taught to identify white supremacy with violent segregationist groups such as the Ku Klux Klan and their modern-day equivalents. Okun and Jones say, however... Uh, they introduced a different approach to thinking about white supremacy. In their definition, the term describes a series of characteristics that institutionalizes whiteness and westernness as both normal and superior to other ethnic, racial, and regional identities and customs. White people don't often view this theorization of white supremacy as violent. It can lead to systemic discrimination and physical violence. Um, uh, another author named Adrian Marie Brown says, what we pay attention to grows. We must broaden our perspective to include, but also go beyond typical discussions of employment discrimination based on obvious issues such as workplace microaggressions, discrimination, discriminatory hiring, and firing practice. We need to expand our attention toward addressing more subtle forms, um, more subtle barriers from using bias hiring metrics to the acceptance of some work styles over others. Only then will we begin to address the damage done by the bias forms of professionalism. All that to say that professionalism is an outcome of whiteness. Right. But we knew this, right? Yeah. So then I go back to my story when these two black women who had accomplished so much in developing a nonprofit that was 
completely beneficial for the community from the community's perspective using national grant money and then even multiplying that money to create their own fundraising, get their own awards, and then come back and re-up. They are faced with not a question of skill, not a question of uh, uh, work ethic, not a, not a question of uh, accounting, uh, accounting to make sure everything was transparent and I wasn't spending the money wildly. The question was professionalism, neatness. They literally, they, these two white folks and this black man brought me into this room and they just basically looked at me like, what, you've been spending this much money on this? And canceled the contract right there. Mm. Go, we got some comments. I want to read some of these comments. Read some of the comments while I uh, roll this blunt, sweetheart. Candace says it simply falls on conducting business with professionalism. It's a completely different situation. Um, Mia says I've divested from respectability politics. Mm. Uh, I hate the word tamed in this context. Never right. like the term inappropriate because who defines that? Right, right. Janelle says these are the same folks who come to work with soaking wet hair, don't iron their clothes, and don't bathe. They don't wash their legs. You remember that report? Mm. <laughs> soaking wet hair smelling like a dog. Mm. They don't use soap. Mm-mm. I can situationally agree with Easy Dozen. All right, for sure. Um, so in the, I, I want to make sure we're getting back to the great, the great bonnet debate here, right? So as I reflect on this story and this thing that happened to me, um, I think about the black man that was in that room, how me and him were on a corner of liberation and white supremacy. And I think, I think we took the path of white supremacy. So then that makes me think, okay, now while I might not like bonnets, lady of the house, please, as a black woman, what are your thoughts on wearing bonnets publicly? And why do you have those thoughts? I feel like you should be able to do whatever you want. Like, if you want to wear your bonnet in public, do that. But I also feel like there's a time and a place. And not even talking about professionalism, but I just mean, like, you know, if you know you're going to sign a contract or it's an event, you know, why would you have your bonnet on? But, like I said... You can do what you want. Yeah, like I said, you can do what you want. So, I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not going to judge because I don't know what your situation is, but I, I, I don't know. I still feel like there's a time and a place. So when you, so, so the picture I saw, I think was, I think it was either the grocery store or CVS and it was like six black women in line with their bonnets on or, or if, let's just be honest because you know, this is who we can make we be mo yeah. And we have the, we have the, the responsibility to be wrong in public and then uh, rectify that if we are wrong. But when you see a black woman in public, what are your thoughts? I mean, not a black woman in public. <laughs> when you see a black woman in public with a bonnet on, what are your thoughts? Nothing. Like, she's... <laughs> Camera. She's minding her business. Like, doing what she needs to do. Really? Yeah. Hmm. There have been times when I've gone out in my scarf. Granted, it's a scarf, but like... 
I feel like it's the same principle. Hmm. Why do I feel this this need to like? Why do I feel this clash in me, man? What's going on? What is that? I wonder if that's my old. I wonder if this clash that I'm feeling in right now is my old black bougie ways and like. Hmm. Possibly so. I did see a tweet that was, um, it was like talking about the whole bonnet thing, but the pajama side of it. Mm-hmm. And this one girl was saying that she used to wear clean pajamas as a fashion statement. Right. Wait, what? Like in public? Yeah. Yeah. Like with her bonnet. But she said she would specifically wear clean pajamas as a fashion statement. So that, that made me think like, do people intentionally wear their bonnets? You know, what's uh, what's clashing with me is like I call it my grandmother's sensibility. My grandmother, um, black woman from the south, moved to the west, um, and in the in a certain time in history, in order to be respected, you had to look a certain way, right? And this is the professionalism standard I was just talking about. Um, that's that professionalism that I'm talking about, and so. When I, there's this thing inside of me still, like my mother's voice, ironically, my mother's all through this conversation about bonnets. It's like you, you go outside so that people can respect the way that you look. But if black mid matters, if black women are to be respected regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, um, that shouldn't be the case. You see a black woman in your bonnet, you should you should have no thoughts. Look at her fancy hat. Roll up. Let's read some of these comments. I'm having trouble rolling this blunt right now. What time we at? Oh, we only halfway through, baby. What is what easy? If a suit feels stifling to you, you won't perform at your peak. Wait, go up one more. I'm sorry. Um, keep going. Do we read these already? Yeah. Um, I think dressing for success is dressing for comfort so that you can perform to your best ability. <sighs> I think I disagree with that. Um, I think there is I think there is context. Janelle says, I don't think one thing or another when I see a bonded in the wild. Interesting. Pajamas are now outfits. Let me praise God for having a remote job because now it's bondage twenty four seven. Um, Candace says, you think your grandma would, grandma would accept this BS? I think the fuck not. No, she wouldn't. Um, she wouldn't. But that doesn't mean my grandma was right. Um, uh, what's up, Roshan? Good morning, good morning. What's up, uh, what's up, Diane? What's up, man? Um, who else we got up? Scroll up one more time. Uh, all right, bet. Uh, and Roshan. Q says, uh, a certain riot and professionalism stumbles. And when the care of the social is comforted with this reaction and forced negligence, a riot erupts and the professional looks absurd. He has more to say. Um, Micah says, in quotes, orderly, appropriate, etc. I don't think it's fair to inherently attach those words to white, to white supremacy or any measure of negativity. It, is, it, is, it implies that they have Ownership and the concept of standard. Woo! Uh, whoa. Uh, Micah then goes on to say, all cultures worldwide have always 
have commonly agreed upon standards of how they show respect uh, to each other by their external uh, appearance. Appearance, Africans included. Ooh, by way of their external appearance, African included. I think that's the I think that's the conflict in me, right? Uh, and when those young ladies showed up with their bonnets and pajamas on, this is pre-COVID. This is like 2016, well before COVID. Um, when those young ladies showed up in their bonnets and pajamas, I think I was more um, personally disrespected. Like, <laughs> almost to the point of like, we did all this work with these white folks and y'all come in with your bonnets on. Y'all know the game. Y'all know what's like, y'all know what looks good. Now, somebody, when I told the story to on over the shoulder, I think Tom Tom brought up the fact, or maybe it was you late at the house, that maybe because they were getting prepared for their awards banquet, that they were still in their pre-prep situation. Uh, Akila says, bonnets don't come in black anymore. Our culture's way to imprint is being, uh, imprint is mind-blowing and the consciousness is heavy. Grand Riser, good morning, Akila. Uh, the environment has everything to do with it. It's like wearing slides for guys. That's what Trev said. Hey, what's up, Trevor? Hey, what's up, man? And what's up, Z? Good morning, man. I hope all is well over there. I hope the I hope the crawling and the walking world is great. I hope the applesauce is, is thick today. You feel me? Um, Akila says, I think we tried to make a stance by finding a new way to stand out, which may look like going backwards. I, I, um, and don't forget the socks, oh, Lord. <laughs> the socks and the slides. Mm-hmm. Um, but Micah has a point, though. Micah has a point. I, I, the, the standard of appearance is the standard of appearance within the black community directly tied to just white supremacy? Or are there are there black rules to the standard of respect and um, um, outward appearance from black people to black people? What are your thoughts? Say the, the last part. Is the only standard of appropriateness linked in the black community linked directly to white supremacy or is there a completely different standard of blackness that is void of white supremacy. I mean, there probably is a standard of blackness that's void of white supremacy, but there is white supremacy rooted in, I guess, the way that we carry ourselves. Right. We had this conversation when we talked about our, we're having a conversation about black attractiveness, right? There's a difference between how Africans look and how black Americans look. Uh, genealogically and uh, culturally. And when African American, when black folks consider themselves attractive, are we attractive or are we aligning with Eurocentric beauty standards? Same conversation, I think, but uh, uh, um, we're turning it more into like the uh, aesthetics and accessories that you wear. Um, And so even, okay, so let's let's say that for the sake of this part of this argument, let's say that blackness, uh, let's say that the standard of blackness is uh, separated from the standard of Eurocentric beauty or Eurocentric standards or white supremacy, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say it's not that. 
then if that's the case, then what is the black standard of respectability and visibility and external aesthetics? What are the rules to that situation from the black side? Mm. And, uh, scroll up to Q's first comment because he just dropped a second comment. Um, Q's original comment goes, keep going, keep going. Uh, a certain riot in professional stumbles when the care of the social is confronted with this reaction enforced uh, enforced negligence. A riot erupts and the professional looks around like a dot, dot, dot. Uh, desperate business, nothing less than to convert the social individual, except perhaps something more, the ultimate goal of counterinsurgency everywhere to turn the insurgents um, into state agents. Fred Moten, uh, the undercomments. That's interesting. That's an interesting thought. Keep going, though. We got more comments. If you are just joining us on Awaken, make we be more, yeah. Right now, we are having the great bonnet debate. Uh, we are trying to figure out, in this particular most, in a particular moment, we are trying to figure out the bane in which why public bonnets are so frowned upon and if we can separate the black standard from or if there's a difference between a black standard of visibility versus a black standard of visibility that is directly influenced by white supremacy. Uh, scroll up just a little bit more, sweetheart. Okay. Um, so then Ashley says, but I also don't believe in shaming other people for what they wear because it's not just don't wear bonnets, it's your professional, et cetera, et cetera, for wearing them. Right. Uh, Yogi says, uh, to Michael's point, is a bonnet now an accepted accessory in black culture? An attempt at normalizing the ghetto language we inherently understand as black Americans. Ooh. Ooh. I knew it had to come up. Because the conversation about bonnets is not necessarily about what women wear in their heads. It's, well, maybe from like, the mainstream point of view to blackness, but within blackness, if we be an honest lady of the house, the conversation about bonnets is about class. Mm, you think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, go back to Yogi's point a second ago, what Yogi just said. Is a bonnet now an accepted accessory to black culture and a, or an attempt at standardizing the ghetto language we inherently understand as black Americans? When we go look at these, I bet when we go look at these, uh, the people who are being accused of wearing bonnets in public, I bet you there's a class line. I bet you there's a class line. And I wonder if the rules of, whoo, if the rules of black acceptance, black respectability are not defined by the majority of blackness, not even defined by the aggregate of blackness, because as I see on here, it looks like it looks like bonnets in public, not a thing. I wonder if this is a talking point. As I talk about my bougie grandmother and my bougie mom, I wonder if this is a talking point of a delineate delineation of blackness between the higher, uh, not higher, but the uh, the more affluent, affluent uh, social economic class versus. The non-affluent social economic class. Interesting. Uh, Evie does it goes on to say, context to, can matter for sure, but I think 
that is less what is universally considered professional and more what is offensive accepted to specific folks you're engaging with. Okay, keep going. We got some more comments. People wear, uh, uh, Janelle says, people wear shirts with no pants shorts down here. I wear my bonnet. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> she in North Carolina. I know, but. What? A shirt, but no shorts? Yeah. Girls will really walk out with their motherfucking graphic t-shirt on and some slides and be like, oh, I'm ready. Oh, you know what? I did see that in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. But it was it was the white girls one. Right. <laughs> uh, what's up, Lil Hustle? Hey, Lauren. What's up, Vic- Victoria? Oh, Detroit. Good morning, y'all. Alexia, what's up? Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, Q says, in short, we start policing each other on behalf of the state that is oppressing us as though we must impress them to ascend. Woo! And to me, Q, that follows into the same line. I think we're having a breakthrough here. That follows into the same line of classified. The higher affluence... Oh, I think we might be good. Oh, okay, cool. Um, uh, my laptop died for a second, y'all. Let's see if we come back. Um, I I believe that the... Let's see if we come back. Is, am, I, am I back? Are we back, y'all? Every still thing, everything's still going on this side. Let me just make sure everything is going on that side. What are we looking like? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Uh, oh, man, I think I lost some of y'all. All right, let's reset for a second here. Uh, I'm lose a comment, sir. Huh? I didn't hear you. What's up? What'd you say? I thought nothing. Um, in short, go back to Q's comment. I'm sorry. In short, we start policing each other on behalf of the state that is oppressing us as though we must oppress them to ascend. And the reason I feel like that lines up with our with our new class theory, the class divide that's happening in the great bonnet debate. Reason I bring that up is because the more affluent you get within black society, the more individuals are trying to impress the oppressor so that that might be evidence of ascension. But we know that is not the case. Uh, keep scrolling, we got some more comments. Uh, Ashley says it's definitely about class. Candace says agreed. Um, I'm sure this is more about class. Amber, good morning. Uh, Damn it, TikTok can go straight to hell for encouraging this BS. That's what Candace says. Ashley then says, I'm really thinking about how black people care more about me marrying, me wearing my do-rag outside, but white people don't be noticing. Right. Remember the episode of Atlanta? The FUBU episode? There's a whole episode about Earn comes to school with some FUBU on, and all the black kids are calling it fake. And that leads to one of the black kids committing suicide the following day. But one of the one of the brilliant moments in writing in in that episode is that uh, Lil Earn is talking to his white friend, and his white friend's like, "Dude, I don't care. I wore the same thing. I wore the same thing three days in a row now. Nobody's cared." Yeah. So like this respectability and this like visual um, uh, 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 connection towards professionalism and prof- and towards. Like this do rag situation, I feel like this this is interesting. Uh, 
Janelle says, but also, I'm sure Beyonce can wear a bonnet and no one will say anything. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. If Beyonce jumped on the gram right now with the bonnet on, do you think it would just be like, oh, it's another Beyonce picture? I mean, people would be talking about it because she has a bonnet on, but I don't think it would be inherently negative. At this point, it'd be a what well, today would be an act of revolution, right? But I'm saying like three weeks ago. I don't even think three weeks ago. Well, because, you don't think so? Because it's Beyonce. I could definitely. What's interesting is in the terms of like blackness, like the black to black conversation. I could definitely hear. Or see the headlines of Beyonce glorifying ghetto culture. And maybe again, this is like a class divide. This is this has been an interesting conversation in trying to understand where this dissension is happening. Go ahead. You just said Beyonce glorifies ghetto culture, but what makes the bonnet ghetto? Because ghetto girls ghetto girls wear them. Outside. But ghetto girls aren't the only ones that wear them, though. Outside. Okay. Well, that is a hypothesis theory of mine. I'm not saying it's 100% absolute, but I would say uh, if you were to look at the situations in each bubble, if you were to look at, and I I say ghetto girls very lightly because I feel like that has a negative connotation to people who might be listening who aren't black. Uh, but I love women from the ghetto. I, this is a different perspective of blackness. Um, and I will say, in working in those neighborhoods, it is more likely that you'll see women wear bonnets in those neighborhoods outside than you would see even around here. This is the ghetto. So... To the point of like, and the and the the public bonnet thing is definitely. Although you bring up a good point, the public bonnet thing does have the connotation of like a certain type of woman. And I have another another question. What's up? Why is there a distinction between bonnets and do rags? Like, wearing do rags outside is acceptable. No, it's not. You don't think so? Fuck no. I Even th- Ashley just said that. Ashley said she wears her do rag in public, and black people have more of a problem with it. Than white people do. That's interesting. I wouldn't. Say, I would say this though, not to, because I don't want to invalidate the binary conversation or the of the perspective of women. It's second place. It's not the same thing, but it's also not free of, uh, 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 free of commentary. You know what I mean? It's not also. It's also not free. It's also oppressed as well. So I will say when I will say if two people walked outside, one person had on a bonnet, one person had a do rag, and the general public was outside. The first thing they would do is judge the person with the bonnet. I agree with you. And then they would judge the person with the do-rag in that order. Okay. And then they would judge the both of us. That's what I think. Um, but I, th- I think the I, – but a, but a point that I think that is within that, though, is this is it – is, it is not lost on me that the bonnet – the bonnet is a symbol of black womanness. I know many wear bonnets, sure. But when I think of when I think of the bonnet, what's the first thing I think of? 
my mother. Yeah. The penultimate black woman. I think of your mother <laughs> when I think of bonnets. Like I think when I think of bonnets, I think of the power that comes with black women. So it's not lost on me that this symbol of black womanness is being uh, trotted out and trampled on publicly. To which is why I was saying at the beginning of our conversation today, you might be, if you know me for a while, you might be surprised at the outcome of this conversation. Even you, Lady of the House. No, I don't, I don't, on a sexual tip, I don't like, I don't like you to be wearing bonnets because it reminds me of my mother. But then even saying that out loud sounds like a nigga who's trying to control his household. But just on a on a on a simple sensory preference, and maybe that's something I gotta go to therapy and get over so that you can wear your bonnets freely. May I, I'll get to that. But on a purely sensible on a purely sensory sensory level, within the sexual context of our relationship, that's why I don't like bonnets. On the general level, though. You better leave black women the fuck alone. You better leave black women the fuck alone. I saw a um uh uh oh man. You better leave black women the fuck alone. Oh, I saw on Twitter someone was promoting a Facebook group and it was called BonnetCon in which I think so far like 25,000 uh, women have signed up to just wear their bonnet in a public place, in one place, and just see if they can break America. <laughs> <laughs> so when, like, the comment of if Beyonce wore a bonnet today, yeah. If you wore a bonnet three weeks ago, I think people, I think would have been a little divisive. Black people would have known what's going on, but even within blackness, especially on the class level, it had been like, oh, Beyonce's trying to make... Oh, because they did the same thing when she talked about OnlyFans. When she said the word OnlyFans, the black elite was like, why Beyonce talking about OnlyFans? She's not supposed to be dealing with sex workers. They beneath us. You know how you know how the, back, the black... You know how the boule do. Yeah. We got some comments, sweetheart? There's a lot of comments. Oh, we've been going to work. Um... Uh. Uh, uh, oh, this Ashley was talking about. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about really how black people care more about me wearing my do rag outside, but white people don't be noticing. It's a class thing. Honestly, it's a, it's a what's up? Oh, I was. Gonna, oh, you know what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. I was going to say like breakthroughs. Go ahead. Yeah, the fact that black people notice. Th- yeah, that's. I, I was thinking about um, the way that we dress. I feel like it's for other black people because white people don't care about that type of thing. Right. Yeah. But why do we do that? I, why do we do that? I feel like. I feel like it's a little unfair, as to Michael's point, it's a little unfair to say we only do that because of whiteness. Yeah, right. right? That might be that might be giving too much credit to white folks. Right, right. Because right. we some fly ass niggas at the end of the day. Right. We some fly motherfuckers. But I will say though, the inspection of authenticity when it comes to brands or the respectability in public as mm-hmm. it comes to like things that go on in the house. Yeah. Um they have their place in blackness, but also could be poisonous to blackness. Mm-hmm. As we're talking about something I didn't think I would talk about, Billy Porter came out and said he had HIV. Yeah. You know who's not talking about it? Who? Black people. That's crazy. The same way that black, the same way that white people are uh, uh, are not talking about clothes, they're talking about our health. Right. 
That shit's blowing up on the Hollywood Report. That shit's blowing up in the white circles. That shit's blowing up in the LB and the LBGTQ uh, nine black circles. Uh, but when I do my YouTube research, when I'm going on my Instagram finds, when I'm looking at the when I'm looking at the Twitter comments, I'm not seeing a whole bunch of color folks talking about Billy Porter have HIV. And why am I bringing this up now? What I'm saying is, not only is class a problem, but we also have this thing where black people like to keep certain shit in the house. Yeah. Mm. For Billy Porter, it was not for Billy. Not not that he did this. Not this because he actually says in his interview that like he wanted to share on his in his time in his way, not taken away from that. But he also says in that same in the same conversation that like. The reason why it's not a very popular subject in a black community because black folks don't like to publicly talk about health. Right. Black folks don't like to publicly talk about health. And because we don't publicly talk about health, it's not a public conversation amongst black people. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it could be said, if I was on my conservative tip for a second, it could be said that because we lack the conversation, that lack of conversation could be our contribution to the health apartheid. It could be said... You might be onto something. Same thing with keeping bonnets in the house. If we we the reason why public bonnets are such not the reason, a reason, not even the majority reason, a reason why public bonnets are such a, a, a uproar or a revolutionary state. Have we thought about that? Maybe if we'd always worn bonnets in public, it wouldn't be a thing. That maybe if we had discarded, would uh, would Natalie say? She said she divested from. Respectability policy. If we had thrown away and divested away from respectability po- uh, uh, um, politics in my grandmother's era, that I wouldn't have this, there wouldn't be this conflict within me to even see a, a negative aspect about having a bonnet in public. Mm-hmm. But because we kept it in the house. Right. Used to wear bonnets in like colonial oh, era. I don't know. <laughs> oh, they were like little baby bonnets. Yeah, the little, yeah, the little. They sure did. <laughs> right. So they sure did. White women sure did make uh, uh, did rock bonnets in them old Renaissance era pick ass. Yeah. Shits. So, so why is this not normalized? Because we black. <laughs> uh, uh, Candace says everything on social media is not always acceptable in real life and public. True, it's acceptance of white folks. Oh, I just want I got pause. Man, I must be way behind. Uh, I think class, gender, and desirability all factors in why this conversation keeps popping up. Desirability. Uh, oh, call me out then. Yeah. Woo! No, desirability? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So not only is, not only could it be a conversation about class, It could also be a conversation, as we said, as I said about in the personal house, it could also be a conversation about desirability. You aren't desirable in this aesthetic, therefore it is inappropriate. Right. I don't find you attractive with this on, therefore you can't do it. Patriarchy. Ooh, that sounds like patriarchy like shit. Lord have mercy. No, black women, you can't control your hair because if you control your hair, you're going to come in with braids and things that are protective and good for you. 
when I want you to have it permed and straightened so it can look good for me. Right. Mm. Candace says, but white folks, um, by white folks, but not by U.S., majority by of people, by, uh, by not by us, majority of people still look at white folk like, what the fuck? True. Um, I just don't, EV does it, says, I just don't hear about this conversation about do-rags in public as much as bonnets. I agree with you. Um, I will though. I will say though, as a as a uh, as a black man um, who was attempted to wear do rags in public, it is a it's still a thing. Won't say it's at the same level of bonnets because Candace goes on to say do rags are easily concealed with minimal effort. Bonnets are not. Um, ooh, Avi does it says, and so often the pictures that are that spark this bonnet debate are of dark skinned women, mm-hmm. and. Dark-skinned women of a certain body type. Mm-hmm. The larger body type. Mm. To Evie does it, I still hear it amongst older black men, but Dipset popularized it amongst the millennials and lower, right? Beyonce could be the Dipset. Um, keep going, keep going. Um, Evie does it, says Q is spitting facts. We be- we. What'd you say? Police ourselves on behalf of the state in an attempt to ascend the social ladder. Right. Um, Yogi says, but also Gucci and Burberry have made do, do have made do rags and bonnets now. Right. Even Telfair is making do not do rags, but that's like he's black though. Right. Um, Beyonce did a whole video on pajamas. No. Oh yeah, yeah, Seven Eleven. Wasn't no bonnet though, was it? What's up? Janelle says, well, I guess I'm ghetto then. <laughs> no, she said, I'm a ghetto. <laughs> Not a ghetto. I... <laughs> Whole house got bonnets. Um, it's true. It's true. Not every woman that wears a bonnet is ghetto. It's true. Uh, bonnet says... <coughs> she bonnet. said that wears her bonnet outside. That wears her bonnet outside is not ghetto. Yeah. That's true. That's true. A bonnet, Micah says, by way of fund- fundamental purpose, is designed to help protect, maintain, and prepare. By the time you get to the meeting, all forms of preparation preparation should be complete. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Would you walk into the meeting with half your your slide presentation done? Like, hold on, let me finish this up real quick. Um. Candace says it would turn into Beyonce out here with a bonnet on in public. You motherfuckers better not say a mother word about bombings in public. That shit could happen today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easy does it to Yogi says for sure, but folk in our generation don't complain about dudes wearing do-rags in public as much as we do wearing women wearing bonnets in public. Mm-hmm. It is true. Mm-hmm. We're not arguing. I, like, I, we concede. Mm-hmm. Second place. Second place. It's still a thing, though. Just want you to know, it's still a thing. It's not like... It's not like it's not a thing. It's still a thing, but it's not as public. And to Candace's point early, earlier, like, I can make a do-rag look like a scully easy, right? Or I could put a do-rag under a hat easy. That's not the same thing as for, like a bonnet. That shit is puffy. It's got the little ruffles. Why do y'all got to have pleats? Because you got hair. Your hair is <sighs> just flat to your head. <laughs> um, uh... Janelle says, I disagree. It depends on where you are. Do-rags are now a fashion statement. So then, okay, I have a challenge then. Lady of the house, my black women wake and bake with BMO nights. 
if I could challenge you for a second, after we have recognized that there is an unfair, um, an unfair standard pressed upon you to be perfect and thus respected, mm-hmm. as we understand that the bonnet has been demonized as a symbol of blackness, oh no! What? What's it done? I don't know why it stopped. It's still going. And it was only at 46. What the fuck? Yo, what? We're going to keep going, though. We're going to edit this part of the stream out, and let's see if we can... Damn, we lost all the comments at the end, but... Oh, damn, we sure did. We had a lot of comments? I think so. That sucks. <laughs> this is why we got to get on Twitch. Yeah. This is exactly why we got to get on Twitch. What do we need? We need a new lens? No, we just do that. We can actually do that shit today. Oh. <laughs> um, I guess we just need a better background when we're... Mm, okay. Right? Ooh, ooh, yeah. See if I'm live again. Oh, I'm not. Hold on one second. Let's see. What were we just saying? Oh, man. Um, you were saying second place about the two Oh, I wanted to challenge black women. Oh, yeah. Go now. Let's see what happens. Huh? Well, I guess not. It says I'm, it says, it says we live, but I guess we not live. That's wild. I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, take a second. Maybe. I don't know. Oh. Um. I would like let me give it let me give everybody a second to come back in, come back in. Come on, 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 come on. Cause I feel like I feel like we got something going here. I do have a challenge. I do have a challenge. I'm curious. I have a challenge. You were just about to say it too. I was. I feel like it's good. I feel like it's good. Right? And I want I want to make sure I preface it right. I want to make sure I preface it right, because I have a challenge towards black women. Okay. As we recognize, come on back in. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Challenge the black women. Uh, let me just reset real fast to the people who might be coming in for the first time. This morning, we are having the Great Bonnet Debate. Uh, we've had a great conversation about professionalism being akin to whiteness. We've had a great conversation about um, how desirability leads into the disrespect of the bonnet, how the disrespect of the bonnet is an intentional uh, disrespect to the symbol of black womanness, how there is a, a class divide when it comes to viewing the bonnet, how there's a color divide when it comes to viewing the bonnet, and how, as black society, by keeping things in the house, we may have uh, 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 stunted our liberation in the ability to be bonnet imperfect in person. Mm-hmm. But I have a challenge. So we, in recognizing all of these things, we have recognized one, two, three, four, five other things. 
that have contributed to the disrespect, the blatant disrespect of black women in public. Mm. I have a challenge. I have a challenge to black women. We need y'all to come take that respect now. Now is the time for symbology. Now is the time for metaphor. Now is the time for collective work. We hear the conversation about how black men in do-rags is not as demonized or not demonized to the degree of women in bonnets in public. We've seen some examples of why that is. We understand that the patriarchy is on our side. We get that. Mm-hmm. But we've seen some examples of how hip-hop culture has normalized the do-rag in public. We got do-rag parties. We got do-rag stores. We got do-rags being mentioned in all the hip-hop songs. Do-rags at the wedding. Do-rags at the wedding. I feel like the do-rag community has done their part in normalizing the do-rag. It's the bonnet turn now. That is my challenge. Let me look at the camera. My challenge to black women is, can you do the metaphorical work of normalizing the bonnet across class, across color, across body size and type within black culture? Can you? I've seen you do so many amazing things. I've seen black women run the world. Dictate culture and economics. Be the most educated, the most entrepreneurial, and the baddest bitches on the planet. You have an ally. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you have an ally. Why you say, oh, Lord? Because <laughs> you an ally? Yeah. <laughs> is that a bad thing? No, it's just it's just the, the 22-year-old in me is like, nigga, what? Uh. But that nigga did, so. <laughs> I need to know. So basically all... All types of women should, or all types of black women should adopt bonnets in public to normalize it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And y'all should be, y'all should be in the DMs of Beyonce, like, please, girl, go out with this bonnet. We know you got the bonnet at the house. (laughs) We know you got the bonnet at the house. Not please, girl. (laughs) Please, girl, go outside with the bonnet. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, but to Biker's point that he said earlier, not to not to challenge what is appropriate, but to reclaim our space. This is not an advocation that you should be signing your contracts in your bonnet. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Oh wait, wait. Uh, oh, I have a question. Go ahead. Okay, so this is back to your story. You said it was two white people, like the president of the director yeah, it or whatever. Was two white people and a black dude. I told a story real quick for the people who just joined in. When I was incubating a nonprofit at another nonprofit, we had done a year of work. They did a great job of like activating the community to create more funding for themselves. When it came to sign the second contract to re-up on the incubation, the women who started the nonprofit showed up in their pajamas and bonnets. 
um, the following. Con- I don't remember the whole conversation, but I remember that that contract that contract never got signed. Go ahead. Okay. And in the room, they pulled me out when the when the two women showed up, and in the room was uh, a white woman, a white man, and a black guy, and me. Okay, so, well, I mean, I'm assuming their issue was also the fact they had pajamas on, but I was thinking that it was that they had their bonnets, but there was only one black man, so I'm, you know. Basically, I'm trying to say, like, did the white people also see an issue with the bonnet? But their issue was probably more so with the pajamas, because, like, I feel like white people don't notice that type of thing. Oh, no. That's a good question. Maybe their thing was with the pajamas, because yeah. I feel like white people know it's pajamas. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but And maybe our thing was with the bonnet. Right. Maybe that's the thing. Right. Uh, Natalie brings up a good point that I, I that I I, I, I want to say because I think it's a good point. Uh, uh, why is it? Yeah. Why is this our work though? I'm tired of asking for respect. If you don't give it, you don't get it. I'm not saying that you asking. I'm not asking you to ask. I'm not asking you to ask. I'm asking you to demand. I'm asking you to do. But I, why? Why do we always have to do and like? Because I can't. Demand. Wear, me wearing a bonnet in public does nothing <laughs> to normalize bonnets in public. And part of the conversation is mo- the bonnet is being akin to only, it only see, it feels like public bonnets only apply to a certain type of woman. A certain type of black woman. And that's just not the case. It also seems like they're being demonized because you're not supposed what you're not supposed to wear what you have on in the house outside. So I'm not I'm not challenging you to ask for respect. I'm challenging you to break the visual wall. To 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 grasp the narrative by your own clawed hands instead of that narrative being pushed on you being pressed on you especially if it's like collective work that's just my thought but we recognize even before we get to cuz that's solution 6 even before we get what's up KMJ oh Damn, you can't see. Oh, you can. You right there. <laughs> you right there. <laughs> um, that's her work right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the other five solutions definitely include dismantling the perceptions within these different demographics. Mm-hmm. Wearing a bonnet is not a class divisive situation. Wearing a bonnet is not indicative of how much money you make or how much respect that you should get. While wearing a bonnet does not show, I'm sorry, professionalism is akin to whiteness. Mm -hmm. Um, What else was it? Oh, we understand that wearing a bonnet in public uh, uh, affects the desirability of women 
Therefore, as an output of patriarchy, we try to ban the bonnet in public because we only want women to look desirable. These are the things that we have to tear down before or while we are also doing the work of destroying that symbology, destroying that metaphor. We said earlier before that if my grandma had worn bonnets in public, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. You got any burning questions for the roach? This has been a good one. Hmm. I'm just thinking about, I'm, I'm still really just thinking about the fact that this is only a conversation within blackness, you know? We are in the era of blackness. We talk about this on the show often. We are in the era of blackness in which we are examining our relationship with whiteness yeah. on a practical day-to-day, moment-to-moment level. We've talked about it in terms of speech and grammar. We've talked about it now in terms of appearance. We've talked about it in terms of sec- in sexuality. Um, we've talked about it in terms of like like hair. Health. Health. Financial. Finances. Like we are examining fucking award shows. We are examining in this era our proximity to whiteness. And the reason why this is only happening in the black community is because the only the reason why not the reason, a reason why <clears throat> a lot of these reasons why the bonnet is quote unquote banned in public for blackness is because of our aesthetic. Uh, uh, affectation towards whiteness. But it's something that we only do. So interesting. Yeah. And then I'm thinking about like... Right. Black folks telling other black folks to code switch. Right. What? Yeah, watch how you talk around them white folks. What? (laughs) Go ahead. Mm, Q says professionalism and whiteness. These things don't. These things don't compete. They go together like salad and dressing. <laughs> Janelle says I'm not here to look desirable for nobody uh, but myself and my husband. True. Uh, me going to Target in a bonnet ain't stopping nobody from living. If you have to stop and stare, enjoy the view. Facts. They in a relationship like AC adapter, <laughs> like uh, AC adapter Slater and. Jesse Spino? I don't know these people. Mm. Is that Saved by the Bell? That was my first thought, but... Man, I ain't watched no Saved by the Bell. Speak about examining, speaking about examining your closeness to whiteness, let's talk about Saved by the Bell. Oh, oh, oh! You know what black people really aren't talking about? You know what we're really not talking about? What's that? The Friends Reunion. <laughs> I ain't seen that nigga retweet, repost, talk about the Friends reunion yet. Oh, my God. Anyway, y'all, we done gone super long today. I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Um, Make sure y'all join us, let's just say Thursday. If we come on Tuesday, it'll be a surprise. But let's just say join us next week on Thursday on Who Wake and Bake with B-Mo, yeah. You're not doing Friday? Wait. 
Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I ain't made, I haven't made up my mind yet. Okay. We'll see y'all next week. Good morning. Good morning.